Hello and welcome to the Mindful Belly Don't Eat Your Feelings podcast. I'm your host and emotional eating coach, Ellie Rome. I was a chemical engineer, gone health coach, and emotional eating coach after a lifelong sugar addiction. I used to binge eat, compulsively eat, and I had a really toxic relationship with food. I ended up developing a bunch of health issues, thyroid issues, chronic fatigue, and I just felt out of control. I went to a bunch of doctors, was handed prescriptions. No one was really asking why. I luckily discovered functional nutrition and mindfulness tools, and that was the start of my healing journey. And then through years of practice and research, was able to finally break free from the sugar addiction, from the binge eating, and heal my body. Now I've been able to coach hundreds of people to, to transform their relationship with food. And that's what this podcast is about, is about helping provide the tools to do that and to really reclaim your power and to feel like your best self each day because you deserve to feel that way. And it is available to you, which is what's so awesome. And one powerful tool that has been so transformational for me personally and for the clients that I work with is breath work. Breathwork is so powerful and can help you release so much stress, anxiety, and a lot of stuck emotions and trauma that's being held within the body. And so, so much of emotional eating and sugar addiction and binge eating, these are coming from trauma, typically. Trauma and stored emotions in the body that we're often trying to avoid and not wanting to feel discomfort and or just really stressed out and not having a release and we reach for food for that release. And so what breathwork does is it helps process that stress. It helps process stuck emotions in the body and so not needing to reach for food. And it has just been so beautiful to see and to be able to share with my clients. And if that's something that you're interested in trying, I lead a group every Monday morning at 815 Central in Zoom. If you want to hop on that Zoom, it's a donation-based class. So you can come try it out. And also one-on-one private private breathwork sessions that can really move the needle and be super powerful. So definitely recommend trying it, or you can find YouTube videos on it. Um, as well as if you're in, in Austin, I lead group classes here on Wednesdays at Lizard Yoga. And in every Friday morning, we have our Wim Hof group. Wim Hof is a style of breathing and we do meditation, yoga, Wim Hof and and plunge. Then I also lead group breath work and meditations and yoga for workplace wellness. So if you're somebody that you want to do this for your team, you can set up a virtual session or in person if you're in Austin. I would love to lead that for you. Um, and it's definitely just worth trying out. So if you, even if you don't want to do it with me, you can YouTube, you know, Wim Hof breath work or some transformational breath work and and be guided in it and just try it out because it is so so transformational and healing. In this episode, I got to interview my friend, May Devi. She's a certified hypnotist, integrative coach, and the host of the Stories from the Subconscious podcast. May shares with us what hypnosis is, what it can do, and why we may want to use it to change behaviors. So explaining that it's not just like what they go do on stage hypnosis. Hypnosis is useful in rewriting and reframing the stories that we tell ourselves so that we can step into a place of calm and clarity. And a lot of programs that are running in our subconscious are what are driving our behaviors. So we can only do so much on the conscious level, but we really want long lasting healing. Diving into the subconscious is key. So May shares with us how you can do that with hypnosis. And she provides an amazing hypnosis at the end. So definitely stay tuned for that. And if any of you are interested in breath work, I lead a virtual guided breath work session every Monday at 8.15 a.m. Central. And breathwork has changed my life. And it is a practice that can help release a lot of stuck emotions, release a lot of stress and anxiety, and bring you into a deep state of peace, of calm, of clarity, and a reconnection to yourself. I'm seeing the massive transformation it's having on my clients. So transformative. So if you haven't tried it, definitely check it out. Activated breathwork can just be so, so healing. And yeah, so these classes are Monday, 815 Central in Zoom. There'll be a link in the show notes to join. All right, let's go to the show. To begin, I would love to just for people to know who you are and what you do. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, so my name is May and I, I practice hypnosis and I practice aromatherapy. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I feel like I've got a couple of other certifications and things I have all added and compounded to that, but really my main tool is working with the subconscious mind, the limbic system of the brain, the emotional center of the brain and using tools like hypnosis and aromatherapy to support transition and change at the subconscious level. Thank you. And no big deal. <laughs> and how did you even get into hypnosis? You know, it's a wild ride. And if you had told me that this would be the ride I'd be going on, I would have like looked at you cross-eyed. Basically, years ago I did a yoga teacher training certification course. And, you know, there's a final exam, as I know you know, as a part of that process. And so I had to lead this class. And a part of that was leading a meditation. And at that time, I didn't have a meditation practice that was very foreign to me. And so although I didn't have the language for it at that time, it was like imposter syndrome was bursting from inside me because I'm like, how can I lead a meditation when I don't have a meditation practice? And so I was panicking. The thought of sitting in front of a group and leading a meditation without having a meditation practice was like, oh my God, who do you think you are? They're going to find you out, May. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just start meditating, like easy solution. But every time that I sat down to meditate, I came up with the most fantastic excuses as to why I couldn't meditate. I say in quotations, I mean, I was living in New York city at the time. So I pulled my apartment windows out from the frame and I scrubbed the exterior glass of the windows. I pulled the oven out. I took baking soda and made a paste and scrubbed the inside of the oven. Like I did things that I've never done before all to avoid sitting down to meditate. And I like realized it and I'm like, okay, I know meditation is good for me. I hear everyone talking about it. Every CEO is talking about it. So I'm either like something's wrong with me. I'm blocking myself or everyone in the world is lying about meditating and actually no one does it. I was like, all right, let me get down to the bottom of this. So basically there was someone in my life who was involved in hypnosis and I was like, you know what? Let me try. Like I've got nothing to lose here. So I gave it a shot. And I had uh, this one hypnosis session. My first session was, it like it just it was beyond what I thought it was going to be. And I had this huge emotional release. And then it it just left me with so many questions, like, a, what just happened? B, what else can we do with this? Like, C, I guess there is nothing wrong with me. So, like, what am I blocking myself from, and why? And then I just continued on with it and eventually felt the calling to study. And that's more or less how we got here. So it's just been a, a lot of breadcrumbs following a lot of breadcrumbs. Yeah. And I guess for anyone who's listening, who's like hypnosis and there's kind of like a, I feel like a, maybe a stigma or just people think of like stage hypnosis. Totally. Like what is, what actually is hypnosis? Yeah. Thank you. That's such a good question. And I will say every time I have a conversation with someone who is new to it, which most people are, so it's a very normal conversation to be having. Um, a lot of people in my generation go back to like their senior all night party in high school where their school hired like a stage hypnotist to come in and do some entertainment. And so they're like, um, how are you using that like making someone afraid of a cucumber to like support change at the subconscious level. Like those two things don't really add up. And <clears throat> I'll say that the, the hypnosis that is used in a more like therapeutic context is very, very different than the entertainment uh, factor. So there's no swinging watch. There's no, you're getting very sleepy. Um, there's no like pulling of an arm and someone slumping over in a chair, like those street styles of hypnosis and the stage hypnosis are very different and they're designed to be fun and entertainment. And everyone who is there is opting in and a full participant to be having fun. So what a more like therapeutic style hypnosis session looks like feels a lot like a guided meditation. So that's oftentimes the connection that a lot of people make. So Basically, if you and I were having a session, you would sit down or maybe lie down somewhere. Um, if you're over the phone, like plug in a pair of headphones and I would support you in my style is progressively relaxing the physical body. 
So that might look something like a body scan, like relax the top of the head, relax the shoulders, relax the chest and torso. And then through the process of relaxing the physical body, then we're able to relax the mental body. I say in quotations, if you will. So then relax the mind. And that's the key part because you want a relaxed mind and we can get more into this. Um, But when we relax the mind, we're able to then basically engage with the subconscious mind directly, which is then when we're able to offer suggestions of transformation directly to the subconscious mind without necessarily trying to battle the conscious mind, the more protective exterior mind, if you will. So hopefully that makes sense without going like too much into detail, but gives like a little bit of an overview. Yeah, that's so helpful. And do you feel like even for yourself, like you mentioned in your very first session, feeling these like big breakthroughs, what exactly was going on in that hypnosis yeah. that created that? Yeah. Let me share a little bit about that story and what I was experiencing. So basically, and this happened over the phone, by the way, it wasn't an in-person session. I was, um, and actually like, I, I, I didn't know what to expect so much so that I took the call from my work office I think I had my appointment at like 5.30 or 6 p.m. So I was like, oh, I'll just stay at work and then I'll go into one of the like conference rooms and take the call from there. Not realizing that I would have a pretty big emotional release. So basically she did that progressive relaxation that I mentioned earlier, like progressively relaxing the body and bringing, bringing me to then a safe place in my mind and inviting me to go somewhere where I feel really, really safe. So for me, that's like a beach, like a luxurious beach and there's warm sand and maybe there's like parrots chirping in the background. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling so good, so safe. And then, you know, she invited me in this particular session to find my way to a big open field. So again, this is all happening in my mind, right? In my imagination, I'm visualizing this process. And so I brought myself to a big open field. And then at another point, she directs me to go to basically the edge of the field. And there's like tall grass that's surrounding the edge of the field. And she wanted me to part then the grass and step through to get through to the other side to see what's beyond this field. And I got all the way to the edge of the field. I'm parting the grass and I go to take a step forward through it and I couldn't do it physically, my body, again, in my mind, physically, I could not step through to the other side. And that's when I was just crying, just releasing, releasing. And it didn't really make sense to me at the time. And, and also I'll say, because you're in this theta brainwave state in hypnosis, there is no judgmental mind. There is no judgmental mind that's involved in that process. So I'm not judging myself for crying at this time. It's just happening and I'm just experiencing. So the questions kind of then came maybe after the fact of like, wow, why, (laughs) what was the connection there? Because really what's happening is that there's a field, part the field, step through to the other side and I can't do it. And yet I'm having this huge emotional release. So then in subsequent sessions, we worked on that process where I went back to that field. I eventually did step through to the other side. There was like a a lake or a body of water and then like leaned over the edge to look at my reflection and who was staring back at me, but a younger version of myself. And then we have a conversation and do this like inner child healing and had these really beautiful experiences that, um, that supported me in getting unstuck from this mental state of not being able to be mindful or have any kind of mindful practice. So hopefully that's, that's helpful. It's, it's one of those things where it can be so hard sometimes to explain your experience in hypnosis because it's a lot of visualization and imagination and experiencing and sensation that oftentimes can't be put into words, but hopefully I did some kind of justice to that. Absolutely. Thank you for being willing to share your personal experience. And I wonder for people who just like understanding the potentials for hypnosis, like why would somebody want to use hypnosis? What, why is it important to get into the subconscious mind? Mm, Such a good question. So hypnosis is a very effective and efficient way to bring about change. And for the most part, many people are seeking change on some level, you know, maybe it's changing your diet, 
Maybe it's you want to read a book before bed. Maybe you want to be a less aggressive driver. Like typically speaking, there's always something that we want to change. And here's how the mind works. We have a conscious mind and we have a subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind can also be referred to as the unconscious mind or the inner mind. There's a lot of ways of referring to it. I typically use subconscious mind. So we have our conscious mind, which is the voice that we hear all the time. It's our protector voice. It's reminding us to shut the gas off the stove before we leave the house. It's reminding us to take a jacket because it's going to be cold that day. It's reminding us of what we need to do in order to stay alive and be fully protected. One of its jobs is to protect the subconscious mind and the inner mind because the subconscious mind houses our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, our patterns. So that's some pretty important stuff that it's protecting. And what the conscious mind does is when it's presented with a new thought, a new pattern, a new belief, a new emotion, it scans it in the same way that we scan a QR code and it makes a judgment call. And it's like, okay, what I just was presented, does that match what's currently existing in the subconscious mind? And if it doesn't match what's currently in the subconscious mind, it's going to deny it entry. And by denying it entry, it denies it becoming a belief, a pattern, or a habit. So that's like the reason why when we take on a new year's resolution, for example, we're like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week and eat vegetables at every single meal or whatever your resolution is. Maybe you do it for like a couple of weeks, but for the most part, 80% of new year's resolutions fail by February. And that's because we're trying to will change to happen and taking on belief systems that don't match what's in the subconscious mind. So all of that to say, when we use a tool like hypnosis, we're able to what's called bypass the critical factor of the mind, which is a lot of jargon for saying, we basically give the conscious mind a little lunch break. And we say like, thanks so much. You're doing a great job. We're going to put you aside for a moment and I'm going to have a direct conversation with the subconscious mind. And when we do that, we can then offer up these seeds of transformation and plant them directly in the subconscious mind without having to battle with the conscious mind and playing a matching game, if that makes sense. And of course, these are suggestions that are for your highest and greatest good. Um, so I, yeah, I'll pause there. I'll pause there. Hopefully that's a helpful explanation. Yeah. And I guess maybe it'd be helpful too to like an actual examples like for people listening to this podcast, most of them are either binge eating or struggling with sugar addiction or weight loss. And so how can, what, what could be an example, like through that lens of how this would work? Yeah, that, and that's a great, great question. So let me offer, maybe, maybe let me backtrack it a little bit for a moment, because what I think is important to know about hypnosis from my personal perspective, because obviously I was a, I still am a practitioner, but was a practitioner before I took this on as, as an offering is that hypnosis. I really see as a practice of awareness, a practice of presence and a practice of intentionality through the use of visualization, imagination, feelings, and sensation to then create new synapses in the brain that then create your new reality. So if it has ever felt hard to take on a new habit or to try something new or to stop doing something, this is a way to help facilitate that, to help facilitate that process. Because the truth is it doesn't have to be hard. Believing that something is hard is a belief system. And Tony Robbins will be like, belief system, that's BS. You know, belief system isn't always truth. And sometimes, you know, for the most part, we have these belief systems that we inherit specifically from the ages of zero to seven because our mind is in a theta brainwave state, which means we are highly suggestible. That's the reason why as children, you say, oh my God, it's raining cats and dogs out there. The kid is like, holy crap, I'm going to get a puppy or a kitten. 
you're like, well, no, it's not literally raining cats and dogs, but they're so suggestible that they take whatever you say, especially as an authoritative figure as truth. So we take on these belief systems between the ages of zero and seven. And then at a certain point in life, we become aware that these belief systems no longer align with the trajectory of where we want to go in life, that that's not going to get us there. And yet we don't know how to get out of it. And so that's why, you know, we often hear like, oh, I feel so stuck. I feel lost. Well, you are stuck in this old belief system that's not aligning with the vision that you have for your life. It's the vision that the seven-year-old you had for surviving. So, you know, when we want to take on new habits, like whatever it is, if it's, if it's curbing a craving or if it's weight loss, this is a process of becoming aware, very aware of the thought process that's happening, aware of the sensations in the body and developing a new and different relationship with yourself, all of the parts of yourself because I know you know this, we are so much more than our bodies. We are so much more than our minds. You know, there's the physical you, there's the emotional you, there's the spiritual you, and there's the, the mental you, the intellectual you. And through hypnosis, you're able to develop a relationship with all of these parts of you and understand why it is that the mind is, quote, protecting you in the ways that it is. And once you have that awareness, you can negotiate a new relationship and say, hey, part, thanks so much for all of these years, you know, um, making me feel comfortable with every bag of goldfish that I eat. Like, thank you for that. That coping mechanism no longer aligns with this vision that I have for my future. So I'd love to offer you a new position, a new role, or a new way to keep that protective feeling. And you can negotiate with these parts and create a new path forward so that you both then create a partnership so that you're working together to get to that trajectory, that vision that you have for life. So it's like a very long-winded um, response to say that change doesn't have to be hard or feel hard and that there are ways to use the power of the mind. The mind is already using this functionality. So once you then partner with that functionality that's there, there's an ease to it, which I find to be very, very comforting. Yes. And when you do hypnosis, so is it like, does do these shifts happen within a session? Do they happen within, is mm -hmm. it um, recurring sessions? Is it, um, great, great question. Yeah. Such a good question. And you know, the, the response is yes and no, both and D all of the above. Um, like I said, I experienced unbelievable transformation and awarenesses within just my first session. Um, and I will say that in the same way that we, we don't go to the gym one time and expect to have a hundred percent of the results that we're looking for. It's a practice, right? And our mind works in the same way. So with hypnosis, the more you practice, the deeper it goes and the longer it lasts, because what you're really, really doing is creating the new neural pathways, the new synapses in the mind and the brain of these new habits. So when you have a habit like I'll just use this example of like finishing off a bag of goldfish every night. That's neurons traveling down a pathway that fire off that behavior. So when we start a new behavior on a new pathway, it's lightly treaded at first, right? And so like, if you've ever gone hiking somewhere and it's a new path, you're like, shoot, did I lose track of the path? Where did that path go? Was it to the left or to the right? Because it's a new path. It's not as clear as the one that's heavily treaded for years and years and years. So it's a process of continuing to walk that path, which is why um, I typically work in packages with my clients as opposed to just one-off sessions, because it's really important that we get the results that we desire because we're worth that. Totally. And what have, what has like been some profound testimonials that you've seen? Um, if you think of any that come to mind. Yeah. You know, one that was, I work a lot with emotions. Um, and I work a lot 
in the spiritual space with my clients. So oftentimes those aren't very like physical things. They're not tangible, but I did have this client who came to me with a fear of needles and he just wanted to go and like get a shot and have it be super normal or go and take his kid for checkups and have it be super normal. Whereas what he was experiencing was like listening to the radio. And if at some point unexpectedly, the radio program started talking about a medical TV show and going into detail about something, he would have to pull over and like prevent himself from fainting because of where his mind would go in those moments. So we worked together over the course of months, several months to get him to a point where he literally walked in and got his shot, his vaccination and whatever he needed to get done. And he sent me this selfie being like, Hey, like, look at me, which was so unbelievable because he went from not even being able to sit in front of a TV show or radio show and listen to not even a real medical situation, a fake one and to where his mind would go to then walk in, walk in line, have a needle jabbed into his arm, take a selfie and peace out was like, wow. It was so cool to see that work be tangible versus like working with someone to, you know, increase their self-love. There isn't always that like tangible piece to it. So that was a really, really cool um, victory for him. That was really important for him. Wow. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. Especially during this, this time, of course, like with all of the talk about needles and this, that, and the other thing, like I, it could be very, very triggering. So for have him to work through that during this timely period was pretty impactful. Whoa. And I'm sure just th- that being like a theme of just phobias in general, how much hypnosis could help other. Oh folks. yeah. A hundred percent. And what would you say? Like, I know this one probably isn't as tangible, but like so many people I know listening, just the body image and inner critic self-talk. How do you think hypnosis could benefit that? Oh my gosh. So, so much. You know, for me, this practice was so appealing to me because it reacquainted with myself with, excuse me, with parts of myself that I didn't even know existed. I didn't know that I didn't know that there were parts of me. Like I went through this process of basically dissociating in a way, like disconnecting from my body and learning that there is an intellectual me and that there is an emotional me, that there's a spiritual me and there's a physical me and that these parts of me make up the holistic me, but each one has wants and needs. And through that process, like I really increased my self-awareness and over the years, the awareness has expanded into how much the body is the subconscious mind. I don't know if you've ever read the book, the body keeps the score, Mm -hmm. but it's a fascinating book. Uh, mainly about PTSD, but um, it really equates to how we walk this earth, just how much, how it is that we nourish our bodies, how we talk to our bodies, how we treat our bodies is really how we set ourselves up mentally, how we, how we feed into our belief system. So there's there's a process of really getting to know yourself outside of what you've been told you should be or should do or should have and getting to know the true authentic you at your core without the judgment, without the shoulds, without the shame, peeling away all of that and reacquainting yourself with who you are at your core. And once you have Once you can see that and can experience that, you can feel it. And when you feel something, then you know it. And when you know it, there's no going back from that point. And so that's how hypnosis can be such an extremely powerful tool 
because it can shift your perspective. And it truly is a process of getting to know the true you at your core. So, I mean, that, that hits on a lot of like what you're discussing, a lot of self-worth and um, addiction and other coping mechanisms. These, these are coping mechanisms because there is, there's room to love yourself more. There's room to get to know yourself more and to understand what you truly, truly need underneath it all. And then, and then love yourself from that rooted place versus these kind of like more immediate filling fillers, if that makes sense. Perhaps my language isn't absolutely stellar in this moment, but please forgive me in advance. Yeah, this is perfect. And I, I wonder then for, so like, have you noticed for yourself, just like the, your self-talk, self-compassion, being able to have access to that like inner core self? Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's a practice, right? Like I know I'm sitting here in this seat and I'm, I'm talking a lot about the power of hypnosis, but it certainly doesn't mean that I'm perfect by any means. You know, I still am actively in this practice of continuing to be aware of how it is that I talk to myself. And we have these moments where we say something or react or do something and, you know, starting to have the self-practice of asking, is that true? you know, like trying on an outfit and looking at yourself in the mirror and you're like, oh, you fat, blah, 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 or whatever. And you're like, whoa, whoa, is that true? Especially when you start to have interactions with like your inner child and you realize that you're never not your inner child, that you're never departed from your inner child, that she's there within you. It's like, well, would you talk to a little girl that way? You know, would you, would you say that to little May? Like you never would. So why would you say it to yourself? And it's just a process of unwinding some of these old patternings. Again, that don't align with the trajectory of what you want for your life. They're aligned to an old survival system. Yes. And do you think for, as far as like logistics go with hypnosis, like how can people integrate it into their day or what is, what can that look like? Yeah. If they, someone can integrate hypnosis into their day pretty seamlessly. I will say <clears throat> there are two times in each day that it would be particularly beneficial. And I'll explain why. Right in the morning when you wake up and right at night before you go to sleep. And here's why. Our brains, like for right now, you and I, Ellie, we're probably in a beta brainwave state where we're like active and we're focused and we're engaged in conversation and we're learning. And then when we start to focus on our breath or maybe even enter in like a light meditative state, the brain relaxes and you can see that on a scan. The brain relaxes, relaxes into more of like an alpha brainwave state. And then once we relax the brain a level deeper, which is when we start to go into that hypnotic state, that's the theta brainwave state. And it's relaxed even deeper. And just for context, when the brain relaxes a level deeper, even still, that's when we enter into delta, which is the REM cycle, which is when we're in sleep. So when we're exiting a sleep cycle and entering a sleep cycle, we're passing through theta. So the mind is already there and primed and prepped which is why like sometimes you feel that kind of dreamy foggy space when you first wake up or go to bed where you're like, shoot, did I let the dog out? Like, I don't quite remember because I'm kind of in this dreamy state. So your mind's already there, which means that you can then utilize that state. And you can do, you know, all help hypnosis is actually self-hypnosis, which is really neat because you're basically um, just opting into the suggestions yourself. So you're really hypnotizing yourself. And if you just take a few moments to focus on your breath and do like a gentle countdown from 10 to one and do like, for example, you can do 10, I'm going deeper and deeper, nine, I'm going deeper and deeper, eight, I'm going deeper and deeper and count yourself down all the way to one and then integrate some affirmations would be like a really simple, easy way to do a self-hypnosis. Um, 
yeah, we can go into more detail, but just to keep it simple, I'll, I'll put a pin in it there, but yeah, in the mornings and at night and to have a really gentle counting down from 10 to one, I'm going deeper and deeper after each number. And then using some affirmations is a really nice way to start or end your day with intention. Mm. And yeah, the one before bed, especially, cause I know, um, for many people that I see stress and anxiety get actually falling asleep issues with that. So how does, is it, I feel like that'd be so beneficial to help. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you struggle with sleep practices like this are perfect for you because what's interesting is the mind really cannot multitask. It can't do two things at once. So you can't be riddled with anxiety and going over your to-do list and all the things that you forgot to do for that day and doing your 10 to one countdown. I'm going deeper and deeper and relaxing in bed. You can only do one or the other. So again, it's a process of beginning to kind of override some of that old narrative, that old storytelling and stepping into a new way of being really a new belief system um, and allowing the mind to relax versus go into a hyper anxiety mode because it just doesn't serve you especially not in that moment and then in general just like stress and anxiety if someone having like a a major like anxiety attack or like just feeling super anxious can they use this as a tool oh my gosh yes and interestingly enough someone who might describe themselves as anxious or that they have anxiety is really like an ideal candidate for hypnosis because when you are experiencing anxiety, what's happening is one of two things. One, you're projecting yourself into the past and reliving or re-experiencing something that happened in the past, or you're propelling yourself into the future and creating this whole imaginative story of what could go wrong what might happen and creating all of these stories. So when you're anxious, the last thing that you are is present and in the moment, you're either propelling yourself into the future and using your imagination or you're projecting yourself into the past. And again, using your imagination to create some associations between that moment and and the current one or what could go wrong. So because you're so highly imaginative and you're able to visualize you already have the tools that are in play that we use within hypnosis. So you're like a prime candidate to then just utilize those tools in a different way and to serve your highest and greatest good versus getting you all worked up about something that maybe could happen and maybe not. Mm. Yes. And I guess same thing around even like depressive states. Um, If someone's in spiraling into, into depression, how might this help? Mm. Yeah. It's, it can be a really gentle process to just change the state, which of course, you know, can be very challenging when someone is going through a depressive state. It's, it's, it can be a challenge to even get the mind to a place where you make the call to set up an appointment to do hypnosis or, you know, whatever, to go onto YouTube and listen to a guided meditation or whatever it is. So, you know, I acknowledge that for someone who's really truly in a depressive state, there's a process to get to actually taking action to exit that, but it can be a very gentle way of shifting the state because We've got to get out of the story loops. So it's a process of, of allowing just one story to override the other stories of, I know I'll feel better when I do this and allowing that to propel you into a new and different state. Yes. Oh, May, thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Such good questions. <laughs> um, well, I'd love to, so I'd love to you like if you're open to it to to doing a little guided hypnosis for the listeners. Yeah, um, I would love that. And do you think um, what do you think time like we? It's been about thirty five minutes. What do you think time for? Yeah, I think we can do um, a gentle like ten minute reset practice uh, to end the call or to end. Uh, or to offer up this in this hypno in this podcast. So yeah, probably about a 10 minute offering if that sounds good for you. 
Yeah, that's perfect. I'm excited to go through it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited as well to offer. Thank you. Um, Okay. Let me clear my throat. Is there anything, and is there anything like someone's listening right now, obviously not while you're driving um, that I guess setting up the space, certain position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said it well. If you're listening to this, please don't be driving. Please don't be operating any kind of machinery. Allow yourself to be in a place, in a time, in a space where it's safe for you to close your eyes, safe for you to relax, and safe for you to simply be here now and turn your focus and attention inward. So you can either be seated or lying down, whichever is most comfortable for you. And just allow yourself to simply listen. All you need to do is listen to the sound of my voice. That's your one and only job and to allow yourself to relax for this present moment. And before we begin, I invite you to think of a desired state. You know, if I had a magic wand and could offer you a feeling or a sensation, whatever your desired state might be, if I could offer that to you now, what would that be? What would that look like? What would that feel like? Maybe that's confidence. Maybe that's self-worth. Maybe that's joy, love, or something else entirely. I, I couldn't possibly begin to know what your desired state might be. But just allow that to come to mind and know that we'll come back to that desired state in this session. So if you haven't done so already, go ahead and close the eyes down now. And to begin, let's just take a nice deep breath together, inhaling through the nose and exhaling out the mouth, Ah, already releasing what no longer serves you in this present moment. And wherever your hands are, go ahead and allow them to rest easily, comfortably, perhaps with the palms up or the palms down. And go ahead and bring your focus and awareness to your right palm, your inner right palm now. And simply noticing what you notice. Noticing any sensations, any warmth or coolness, a tingling or a numbness. Good. And take that focus and awareness and start to become aware of the right inner elbow now. Noticing what you notice. Bringing that focus and awareness up to the right shoulder. Extending that focus and awareness across the shoulders now as you become aware of the left shoulder. Becoming aware of the left inner elbow. Noticing what you notice. Just allowing yourself to be aware, be receptive. And bringing that focus and awareness to the left palm, the inner left palm of the hand. Again, noticing any sensations, any warmth or coolness, pulsations, tingling, or numbness, or something else entirely. Good, and once again, bring your focus and awareness over to the right palm, the right inner palm. Just becoming aware. Bringing your focus and awareness to the right inner elbow. Becoming aware of the right shoulder. 
Becoming aware of the left shoulder now. Becoming aware of the left inner elbow. And becoming aware of the left inner palm. Good. There's something quite magical about doing things three times. So go ahead and once again, bring your focus and awareness to the right palm. Becoming aware of the right inner elbow. Right shoulder. All the way across, becoming aware of the left shoulder. The left inner elbow. Noticing what you notice. And the left inner palm. Allowing yourself to become aware and notice. But as you are increasing and tuning into your awareness now, become aware of any thoughts or any concerns or to-do lists, expectations or old stories that may be floating around in the mind. And for a moment, just go ahead and thank those thoughts, those stories. Thank them for showing up and invite them to simply drift and float out of the mind. The truth is you don't need them now in this present moment. So invite them to drift and float out of the mind. Drifting and floating like clouds in the sky. Gently drifting, easily floating until you're left with this beautiful, calm, peaceful sky, this beautiful, calm, peaceful mind. And that just feels really good, doesn't it? Good. In your mind's eye, I want you to imagine a time when you really felt that desired state. So allowing the mind to drift back to either the recent past or a distant past. And perhaps you don't have a memory of a time when you felt that desired state and that's okay. Just imagine what it might be like. Whatever it is that you're imagining now, really allow yourself to see, feel, and experience that desired state. Noticing what you notice. Notice how you've shown up there. Noticing how it feels. Noticing how that desired state shows up in the body. Noticing where it shows up in the body. And as you become aware now of just where that desired state shows up in the body for you, allow yourself to play for just a moment. And go ahead and send that sensation to another part of the body. Send that desired state sensation all the way to the left pinky toe. Good. And 
And for a moment, once again, go ahead and send that sensation of that desired state. Send it all the way up to the right shoulder. Good. Perhaps you can assign that desired state sensation a color or a texture or even a shape. And go ahead and allow yourself to amplify and magnify that feeling now. Amplify and magnify that feeling twice as much or perhaps 10 times as much or 10 times as deep until that desired state, that sensation encompasses the whole entire body all the way from the top of the head, through the body, and all the way out the bottoms of the feet. And as you do that now, know that that is real, that this is real now in the present moment. Therefore, you can always call upon this sensation, this desired state, whenever you'd like, whenever you need it. It is accessible to you. All you need to do is turn inward for a moment. Good. Go ahead and take a nice deep breath here. Allowing this beautiful desired state, this sensation, this feeling to sink into every single cell of your body, mind, and spirit now. Knowing that this is you. You can come back to this time and to this place anytime you wish. And in a moment, I'll invite you to open your eyes back up, knowing that as you open your eyes back up, you open your eyes to a refreshed environment, a refreshed perspective, and a refreshed version of you that is in more alignment with that desired state than it has been in a very long time. And like magnets, that you attract that desired state and it attracts you too. And that feels pretty good. So go ahead and allow the eyes to open back up and welcome yourself back to a new reality in alignment with your desired state. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> oh, your voice is so good. That was awesome. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Manny. Oh, thank you. I'm just curious how that experience was for you, if you might be willing to share. Yeah, it was beautiful. I, I love the, well, just the, the body skin in general, just so relaxing. Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to, my word was security. So just being able mm -hmm. to like drop into just feeling like super secure and then amplifying that. Yeah, it was beautiful and I'm excited to use it that just again like with mm. different emotions enthusiasm also came to mind but mm. I went with security <laughs> yes yes well from that secure state you can really access some enthusiasm so that was a, a beautiful intuitive choice yes oh well so <laughs> where where can people find you so you're doing some a seven-day hypnosis or what's the seven day thing? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I am currently leading this seven day challenge to find your one little word for 2022. And it's a beautiful way to step into a new year with intention. 
So it's, um, I'm currently running it live and then it's going to be housed on my podcast, which is called stories from the subconscious. You can find it on Spotify and Apple and da da da. Um, and it's the season two. So it's a little mini series, a little mini season on my podcast season two, and you'll find it under the seven day hashtag one little word new year challenge. And it's, it'll be self-paced about 10, 15 minutes of visualization exercises each and every day for seven days to help you arrive at your intention for 2022 via one little word. Ah, I love this. Have you done, I guess, do you have your word for 2022 yet? You know, I think I have my word for 2022. I still have two more days in the challenge to go through, but what feels super in alignment and I'll share with you because I love you is (laughs) expansion. That's my word. (laughs) I'm so happy that you just said that. I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but I just really got excited. That is so awesome. Wow. Man, what was your 2021 word? Trust. Hmm. Do you feel like you received that? Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's such a practice. Not a perfect for me by any means. But in the hardest of moments, like, like I would come back to be like, what can I trust in this moment? how can I trust or lean into this moment? Mm-hmm. And that really helped me to make some decisions that I felt paralyzed by and they, and they worked out beautifully. So. Mm. Thank you for saying that. And I, if you're okay with it, I'd love to dive in a little bit on this topic, just like for two seconds. Um, Cause I know one of the reasons I see, I know for myself, what I used to eat to cope and what I see with a lot of people is that, that it's a, like when feeling out of control, to eat as a way to numb that anxious out of control. I have nothing, but I can control. I can just like stuff that down or control my food and they can go either place or binging or just extreme restriction. Um, So that ultimate trust of being able to surrender to something. Mm. And yeah. So any specific practices that you did for, to receive trust or did I practice it? I mean, I definitely did a whole lot of sessions on trust and trusting my, my intuition and trusting I'm making the right choices and trusting how I'm showing up for myself. Um, and I would need the reminders. Like I would, I would, you know, fall into a spiral of not acting in that way. And I would go back to you know my hypnotherapists, my, my uh, support systems and be like, I'm off the bandwagon help me to again, see, feel, and experience my desired state path. Like help me to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they would, and especially in moments uh, that I lost my confidence and I wasn't, I wasn't feeling in alignment with my truth anymore. I'm like, I know what my truth is because I've experienced it. I've experienced it in hypnosis and I felt it. And because I felt it, I know that it's real but sometimes we lose track of it. And I would, I would just have to have these like follow-up sessions to get back on the horse. Um, But I think what's really helpful is just knowing what that is, is having that pulse to come back to, which is why I think doing this one little word challenge is really impactful because it's super simple, right? To have like a word for your year is not like an earth shattering practice. And yet it can be at the same time because now you have this thread to pull you back in in those times where you're like, I'm, I'm being unwoven, like I'm losing it to come back to the thread. It's super helpful. So, um, yeah, if sometimes I know, and coming from someone who really struggled with meditation and feeling like there was something wrong with me and that it was felt so overwhelming to take on a mindfulness practice, you know, start small. It doesn't have to be some big thing what I'm really learning and continuing to learn is that it doesn't need to be some macro major shift in your life that what we're doing and the best way that we can change is taking on micro changes, tiny, tiny micro changes, like having one little word. Okay. I can hold on to that one little word versus like do two hours of meditation every day for three months. You're like, holy crap. Well, when am I supposed to do anything else? That feels like a lot micro movements and, um, you know, smaller little practices and, and building from there and allowing that to, um, 
to be small changes over time, if that's helpful. So I know it can feel so overwhelming, you know? But yeah, no, this is so helpful. And to have that anchor and to have, um, yeah, just little, little steps at a time makes it massive. Little steps, little steps. Because it, it's so long as there is consistency over time, you're going to get to where you want to go, period. That's just the truth. Yes. Thank you so much, May. Thank you for coming on here. And before oh, we close, you. yeah. Is there anything else you want to share or anything you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, sure. Yeah. If, if they want to, if you want to connect with me at all, um, maydv and maydv.com is my website. You can find me on Instagram, maydv.atx. And, um, I've got, I've got another program I'm launching in January for my women who work in corporate, who feel lost or stuck and are so lost and stuck and know that they need clarity, but have no idea where to even find the clarity. I'm running a six week program to help you get clear about yourself and what you really truly need to exit that stuck lost place. It's a really beautiful six week program and I'm excited to offer it again. So it's called the corporate cleanse and that's coming up in January. Otherwise feel free to self pace your way through the seven day hashtag one little word new year's challenge. That's on my podcast and continue with the baby steps. Keep, keep following the breadcrumbs. It'll take you to where you got to go. Thank you, May. Thank you, Ellie. I love you. I love you too.